Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. I'm so excited today. We have Anita Cortez Chuck. Anita and I met the summer of 2019 when my family and I decided to go stay in Guatemala for two weeks. And we were looking on TripAdvisor and we saw that this cooking um, class got amazing reviews. And the lady's name was Anita and she was local to the area. So we signed up, took her class and y'all, it was the most delicious food we'd had the whole time we were in Guatemala. And I still have memories of it. And she also took my daughter, Ollie, who was about seven at the time. And Ollie was having sort of cultural, um, I don't even know what the word is. She was getting really frustrated with everybody and everything. She didn't want anybody to speak Spanish to her anymore. She wanted to go back home and eat some pizza. And we were just kind of struggling. And so Anita has kids and she took Ollie and Ollie just looked up at her and was mesmerized from the minute she saw her. Anita's beautiful, and she was wearing these Mayan, traditional Mayan clothes. And she took Ollie's hand, and we all went to the market, and she introduced Ollie to the different vendors and let her help pick out the produce we would be cooking. And it just relaxed everybody, and we just had such a good time. So Anita told us her story of her life while we were cooking, and we were blown away. I said, Anita, you need to do a TED Talk one day. Um, and little did I know that I would be starting a podcast and asking her to be on the podcast. So I'm so excited to have her here. We may have to break this into two segments because she did have um, quite a long story. And you'll want to hear both parts if I do end up doing that. I had to cut some out because of the Wi-Fi. So I'll summarize here and there. Welcome, Anita. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thank you very much. I hope to... So it is a pleasure for me to be here, and uh, thank you. Yes. So, Anita, I remember your story starting when you were a little girl and you wanted a new pair of tennis shoes. Can you walk us back through that time in your life? Sure. So um, living in a small town, I am living in Lake Atitlan in a small town called San Pedro La Laguna. I am a... Uh, the fourth of uh, five siblings. I had three brothers, one sister. Uh, my father, it's a lovely man, and my mom, she's uh, like a, a, she she was a, she is a disabled. She can't walk. So part of my life is not been a, well. I am so grateful that I've been passed through many situations in my life. And uh, I feel so grateful because uh, now to be where I am and doing what I am doing. So here, Anita explains that she is so proud to be an inspiration and an example in her community, especially to girls and women, because in San Pedro, um, women and men are not treated equally for the most part. Um, the men are still privileged compared with what the women are able to do with their lives. And so this was especially true in Anita's life. Her mother was disabled from the time she was born, from the time Anita was born, because her mother had a stroke at Anita's birth and always sort of blamed Anita for her disability. And she couldn't walk. She couldn't work outside the house. And Anita's older sister was serving as um, sort of a mother figure and doing all the stuff around the house. But when Anita was about seven years old, her mother, I mean, her older sister got married. 
So her older sister was 17. So my sister went to get married when she was 17 and I was seven years old. Before she got married, she was her second mom. And my, uh, because as I said, my mom, she's disabled. And once she left home, I immediately became with those uh, big responsibilities in my life and in those in that age. So I was waking up early, making breakfast, going to school. That is the good thing that my dad gave it to me. So he always said, okay, so he always helped me in the kitchen doing my, what I need to do at home. And he said, you need to go home, you need to go to school. So later you can come and you finish your works. I said, okay, so that is the good thing. So at the school uh, that year, went became uh, it became very popular to wear a pair of tennis shoes. So other years before were like wearing sandals with socks. So it was not it was very normal to see other classmates in that way. But that year they become very very popular. So one of the daughter of my teacher she was my in my classmates. And she's not very good at the uh, 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 at math mathematics, so but I am very good with that. So I was uh, she was I was saying, if you want, I can make your homework. So, but I I would like to feel how does it feel to wear a pair of tennis shoes? Yeah. And she was happy. Okay, so for her it was nothing. I was doing her homework, and uh, in in a um, like a deal, I was uh, having for one hour maybe or less than that to wear her pair of tennis shoes <laughs> but one day her mom noticed about that <laughs> she was so angry she was oh. like, i become her enemy <laughs> yes so anita came home and she was really upset because her friend's mother had um really been upset with her so she talked to her dad and she said dad it's not fair why can't you buy me this pair of shoes? The teacher got mad at me and this is what happened. And I want a pair of tennis shoes just like the other kids. And her dad sat her down at seven years old and explained what life was really like. He explained that since her mother was um, unable to walk, she was unable to work, which meant that things were really tight it meant that he was going to have to sell land that the family owned in order to pay for expenses to live and the mom's medical expenses. And he explained that he could not buy her a pair of shoes. So Anita decided to figure out how to buy the shoes on her own at seven years old. But first we hear a little background from Anita about what it was like to grow up in her home. And we'll see this theme over and over in her story where she just didn't have the love that she craved from her mom. Here she explains how she saw it at seven or eight. She always told me, it's your fault. It's your fault. And I, I, I didn't understand. I was not, uh, I always, when I grew up, at my eight, nine years old, I always thought that she was like the bad person of the movie, <laughs> telling us about Cinderella stories. And I was saying, she's the evil. Why she doesn't love me? Why she treats me in that way? Specifically with my brothers. When once my sister left, she said, Anita, do this. Anita, do that. Anita, bring me this. Anita, bring me that. And I was yeah. that. I'm a small girl. But uh, when I, time when I tried to say that, she always said, shut up, you are just a girl. Anita's mother basically told her that she was never going to be able to find a husband unless she could learn to be submissive and not so strong-minded. She told her that men did not want a woman with an opinion. And Anita said, I'll never get married. I don't want to get married. So she always put in my mind that I am just a girl, that I can't reach my goals, that I can't uh, have an opportunity to have my own income, to have my own business, 
So as I said, I've been breaking different uh, rules in my community. So the story to start uh, learning my English became that day when I told to my dad to buy for my pair of tennis shoes. So he told me the whole story, what happened, what was happening with my mom and what is happening with their economically situation. So I didn't understand, as I said, I, in my house that those years we were eating one egg. So my mom was adding water <laughs> and uh, she bring the big pen that we have, the biggest one. And she pour in that pen and the egg looks like huge egg, but it was just one egg. <laughs> when you lifted that, it was like a paper. <laughs> So, but with that, we were happy and uh, we didn't know what. So Anita decides she has to earn money on her own for the shoes. So one day she goes out to play and she sees her cousin. Her cousin is heading out to go somewhere with a bag of fresh tamales that her mother just made. And Anita pesters her, where are you going? Her cousin says, to the dock. And she says, can I come? Finally, her cousin says, okay. She wants to know, what are you doing with those tamales? And her cousin explains that she's selling them to tourists. One of the restaurant owners has agreed that it's okay for her cousin to sell tamales to people who walk past his restaurant. Then after 15 minutes, maybe we were sitting and then we saw a big boat. So when I saw that, that big boat coming down, there were like 30, 40 people maybe inside. It was like a, a tour that mm -hmm. they were having around the lake. And they stopped, they came, and were saying, oh, wow, they are so beautiful. So look at them. They are dressing up in their outfit. Oh, and they were asking, can we take pictures? Can we take pictures? I didn't understand nothing. And my cousin replied immediately, and she said, yes, if you give me one And they said, yes, we give you one quetzal. And then she asked me, smile, Anita, you need to work on a picture of us. I was like, okay. So with my big smile, everybody was happy. <laughs> so I was smiling. So then uh, when other people saw the first couple taking picture of us, they were asking, can we take picture? Yes, I want to get us. They were, she, was, was, she was asking one quetzal. And then they left. They went. They went to the town. And then I asked her, why did they give you one quetzal? And then they, uh, but they didn't get any of your tamales. And then she said, ah, because we were smiling in the picture. So I charged her for the picture. So today I had one, my one quetzal. But at the same time, I am scared because I don't know what to do with one quetzal. I was a little girl. Anita took her one quetzal home. She proudly showed it to her mother. But her mother was shocked and didn't believe her. Her mother accused her of stealing. Finally, she convinced her mother that she hadn't stole the, stolen the money, and her mother confirmed this story by talking to her niece. But Anita was confused. She asked her mother, why did those people give us money just for smiling? They didn't even get a tamale. And her mother explained that white people or gringos were strange. And she said, ah, those people, they are strange, house full of money. So they don't need uh, to work a lot to have that uh, one quetzal for them. Like nothing. They are just drawing on the street. And then I said, why are they doing that? And then she said, Anita, you're going to start with your questions. Well, mom, I am just curious. And then she said, I have heard from my grandmom that those people, los gringos, the tourists, the, the gringos, they have like a machine. They fabric their own money. Then she said, yes, they have like a machine. <laughs> so take their own money? Yes, this, this is why they travel and they go wherever they go. Anita's mother explained that white people are have really sensitive stomachs. They're very weak. And if they try to eat the local food, they'll get sick. Um, Anita asked, well, what do they eat? And her mother says, well, they can eat vegetables and fruit. Here, Anita explains how she got her next idea. And then I said, so you give me an idea. If they only eat fruits, 
why if I started selling fruit? And then she said, no, you can't do that. So I knew that conversation will end with something. So no, please don't do that. And then I said, no, please give me that opportunity. But I was just started dreaming. The next day I bother her with the same question, mom, give me the opportunity. I would like to tell. I am pretty sure I have a big faith. If I started selling fruits to those people, we will have good money and I can buy my pair of tennis shoes and I can uh, even, I will help you at home. She said, no. So the next day, I think it took for me a couple days. And <laughs> then she said, hi, Anita, I know you. You want you are a very persistent. I know you won't stop. So, okay, you convince me. Here, she said, she was not happy, like here, no, here. That is, this is your first one quetzal that you gave me. And I give you one more other quetzal. <laughs> she gave me two quetzales. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna do with this, but I need this money back to me. I then I said, because I was super excited, I told her, I promise to you, mom, I won't come back home without more profit. I promise to you. Because in my mind, if nobody else wanted to buy my fruits, at least I will smile and they will give me one quesal to take pictures. <laughs> Anita took her one quesale and went to the market. She was determined to pick out some fruit and sell it to tourists. She explains how she chose bananas as her fruit after seeing the price on some of these other fruits. But when I asked the price to, for a pineapple, it was two quetzales. No. And then I asked for a pineapple, it was 150. I said, no, it, I don't want to have just one thing in my basket. So then I turned my head and then I saw a lot of bananas. I saw that old, very old lady, her name was Rosa. And I went to her and they said, uh, good morning. So I am uh, wanted to buy a lot of bananas uh, I wanted to sell. And then she said, how much do you have? And then I said, uh, two quetzales. Okay, give me a basket. I gave, it, I gave my basket to her. And then she gave me like 25 or a little bit more than that bananas in my basket. I got like a full basket of bananas. I was like more happy to sell that in that way. And then she said, thank you very much. And then she said, she was very, very kind. And then she said, I bless you. I hope you sell all of your bananas and tomorrow you can come back. I said, thank you, thank you. I was like very happy. I had a happiness in my heart that I can't explain because I, my mom gave me that, that opportunity to, it was like an angel, that woman, that she gave me a full basket of bananas. So I went up uh, to the place where I saw those uh, people, he balanced my, my basket in my hair, very happy. So when I arrived, there was, there was not a, a, a lunches or boats. So I started selling to the tourists in the restaurants or walking on the street. They were very happy to buy my bananas. At first, Anita just sold her bananas to tourists who were near the dock. She didn't see a big ship, but pretty soon a big ship pulled up. None of the tourists spoke Spanish. So she began to offer them bananas in Spanish, but they didn't understand her. There was a lady translator. And Anita describes how she was in awe watching this translator. When she started talking in English and translated to me, I was like, oh, what is that language? Wow, I would love to, to speak in their language so I can offer uh, my bananas. With the help of the translator, Anita is selling her bananas to the tourist. She's selling five bananas for one quesadilla. And she's holding up five fingers. And as the line moves along with the tourist, she, the translator, um, you know, kind of wanders away. So Anita is left holding up her five fingers and asking in Spanish if the tourists want to buy her bananas. And they're eager to buy the bananas, but they don't understand her. So they start giving her um, five quesadillas and taking only one banana. 
When Anita realizes her mistake, she calls the translator over who clarifies that, no, 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 you only need to give me one Kestali and I will give you five bananas. But the tourists are so taken with Anita. She's so cute. And they say, no, 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 keep the money. Keep the five Kestales. We only need one banana. And they take pictures of her and she's happy. They're happy. And Anita has more money than she's ever had in her life. Here she tells about going home. When I get back home, and even I didn't count the money, I, I had like a, a big a pocket full of money. <laughs> so when I get back home, I show that to my mom. And then she said, this is what you earned me as. And then what did you do? And then I explained it to her what I did. And then she said, okay, let's count. We counted and we had 16 quetzales as a profit. When she saw that profit, she said, wow, let's do that again tomorrow. Since that time, I introduced myself with tourism. So Anita started selling bananas every day. She was soon making 50 quetzales a day sometimes even a hundred. And she explains that men who worked in the fields in Guatemala only brought in about 20 castales a day. Anita never bought her pair of tennis shoes. She explains that she met a really nice tourist named Cindy. Cindy was from Vancouver, Canada. And Cindy took a liking to Anita and needed to learn Spanish, and Anita needed to learn English. So they began hanging out a lot. They would eat lunch together. Cindy would buy her a meal in exchange for getting help with her with her Spanish. And they just hung out every day, and she stayed for three months. She got to know Anita's family, and finally one day she said, I need a new pair of tennis shoes. And Anita had told her that she was saving her money for a pair of tennis shoes. So she said, where do you, where can I go get a pair of shoes? And Anita took her to the shoe store. And Cindy tried to pretend like she was looking for a pair of shoes. She asked Anita, oh, where's the pair that you like? And Anita showed her the shoes. And Cindy said, I'll take a pair of those. And Anita said, they won't fit you. And she said, they're for you. And Anita said, why would you do that? And she said, because you've become like my sister, and I love you, and because you deserve it. And so Cindy got, I mean, Anita got her new pair of shoes. Every year, Cindy would come back for several years and spend three months. So she and Anita became very close. Sadly, one year she left, and Anita never saw her again. She had her email address, but Anita had never heard of email and didn't know how to contact somebody via email. She eventually lost the email address. So if Cindy is out there from Vancouver and you're listening to this, get in touch. I'm sure Anita would love to hear from you. Anita's English kept improving. When she was about 10 years old, she considered herself fluent in English, although looking back, she says she still had a long ways to go. She would practice with anybody who would listen to her. She would ask, what is this? What is this? And she would memorize the English word. My mom also said, you're crazy. Why you need to learn English? You will never, never use it. You don't pretend to get married to a tourist, to a gringo. I said, <laughs> I wish way I can become like a tour guide. And then she said, what? You said, uh, Tour guide? No, you can't do that. You are tour. So that work belongs to men. It's not for a girl. I said, well, what could change that rule? And she said, no, Anita, you will know the shame of my family. I said, mom, but I really dream to become a tour guide. And she said, no, 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 no. Stop, uh, stop uh, learning English. Stop doing that. So you are very crazy. Since we gave you uh, the opportunity to go and sell, now you want to dream more. Please stop dreaming. So you need to learn more about uh, how to clean, how to do the dishes, how to, to make tortillas. That is the work because sooner or later you get married. I said, no, I don't want to get married. So, but I was just encouraged myself learning English little by little at my 11 years old. 
I was able to have a good conversation with people, even the tour guides, the men, the association, close to talk. They were, they started, they, they became my enemies. Anita explains about how she started sort of taking business away from the male tour guides. So they didn't speak English, so she would wait around. And when tourists would walk away from them because they didn't speak Spanish, she would approach the tourist speaking English. And she would say, hi, I know of a great hotel if you're looking for a hotel. And she had this sort of agreement with some really nice hotels that she would get a cut of the profit if she could direct tourists to stay there instead. And so that's how she became um, sort of an enemy of the male tour guides. Anita finishes high school. She explains how she was able to do this and how her view of her future was different than what her mother saw for her future. My mom, after my 15 years old, after my elementary school, she said, let's stop studying. You don't need more. You are, now you are more than everybody. So you already know how to read and how to write. So why you need more? And uh, then I told him, I mean, I want to become a tour guide. I want to become a, 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 I, I dream a lot. And she said, no, you don't need more. So sooner or later, like what happened with your sister, you get married again. I said, I promise to you that, that I want to get married. Or maybe I will, but uh, after my high school, but I need, I want it. Once I graduated, I was 18 years old. My family were saying, now it's time to get married because you get, you're getting old. So when you get married, when we, when you, when we will see children from you, I said, I don't want to get married now. I just got my first day. I proved my first day goal. So I would like to go to the university. They were saying, no, you have to get married. And um, when I asked to my only university to my dad, he said, I can't afford for that. Giving you the high school was the limited. So if you want, you can study and work half day. So I went again to the, to the city, to Guatemala City. Uh, it's easy to say. Work half day and study half day, but that opportunity it doesn't exist in Guatemala. I went to the city. I started working. I started working at seven a.m. p.m. I was earning um, probably now it's like one thousand two hundred quetzales. It's like one hundred U.S. dollars or one hundred ten. US dollars. And other people, when they hear 1,000 quetzales, it's like, wow, it's a lot of money. But when you are in the city, it's like nothing. Because uh, I realized after a year that I was just uh, working just to survive. Because I was paying 400 quetzales for my, um, for my room. I had to pay 100 quetzales for electricity. I have to pay 300 quetzales for transportation. Wow. I paid 200 quetzales for my food. At the end, I was with only 200 quetzales. So after a year, I just said, no, I don't want to stay here. Then I need to go home. I came back here in my town. I started working um, uh, in a cafe internet. So where I was earning 600 quetzales uh, per month, have the old money because I was not paying uh, rent. I was not paying transportation. So it's the, 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 the money that I have. So it will be for my own. Yeah. Then um, there, uh, after a year, I got married with a machista. So I, I started a relationship. So I went with him. I got pregnant. My my pregnancy was very um, uh, sad because uh, he was cheating all the oh. time. He loves women. Clearly, this was not a good guy, not a healthy relationship for Anita or her unborn child. But she was looking for love, the love that she didn't get from her mom. My dad was very the most loved 
the 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 big love that I got from him. Yeah. He said, "Don't pay it to your mom. Look at her. She 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 just don't accept her situation. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault." I was just crying. I didn't have a like. I was like a very very a uh, uh, sad. And when I got married, I thought that okay. So now, in the way how lied to me that person, he said I am Christian, and I was very 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 happy that I could meet him. Um. So. But my happiness with him lasts for maybe one week. Yeah. When I knew that I was pregnant, he was denied about that pregnancy. He said, yeah. "Let's make an abortion. I don't have a baby." So I, even he's ten years old than me. I was very young for him, but he was more like a child. Yeah. So then uh, I started uh, struggling with that relationship. I was, uh, I accepted that he was cheating, mm -hmm. but of course it was, I want that love just for me yeah. because I needed love. I just wanted him for me. When I hear even, it was very, very stressful because I knew every time I see his phone, I find something new, a new girl for him. Yeah. But I still checking. I still checking. It was like a, 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 I was sick. I become very anxious about that. So I wanted to know. And in that way, when I know, I just wanted to say, look, if you have one, then just one. But why you have a lot? And then he started being a, a very angry. We were fighting. A, all the time it yeah. was horrible now i am saying like in a piece in in my soul but before when i sell when i tell my story even sometimes i i skip this side i don't want to say because every time when i talk about that it hurts my heart yeah i just started crying but now i can say that i am ready uh, have my i am i am already killed yes i am already healed about that so um in that way it was my relationship so finally i already had my child emerson my 10 years old a child man so he was 11 when i started saying okay so maybe uh, i need to look find my own uh, way to live i don't want to live in that way this is the period of Anita's life where she sort of lost herself. She describes it as being blind. She forgot her motivation. She forgot how committed she was to making her own money and making a difference in her life and the life, life of her son. I was blind. That is my answer. I was yeah. blind. And as I said, it depends how we educate or how much love we gave, we give to our children. Yes. Now, as a mother, as an adult, I am, I, I am fixing many mistakes that my parents did with me, did with my brothers, with my sister. So slowly, Anita began to wake up. She began to feel like there's got to be more to life than constantly fighting with this man who's cheating on me and doesn't love me. But it did take about 10 years for her to get to this point. And there were definitely people in her life who didn't support this decision. She talks about her mother's reaction. So it's always uh, fighting, fighting, screaming so all the time. When I call my mom, I, I told her my problem and she said, oh, it's your fault. Oh, I, I know your husband. Why, what more do you need, Anita? They oh. are millionaires. They have money. You have a lot of good food in, on your table. So you are the problem. All the men will cheat. So it's the normal to men will cheat oh. have more. Numbers. 
And then I said, no, it's not in that way. She never understood me. Yeah. And then I told her the last time that I talked to her, I said, you don't understand me, ma'am. So, well, that it's the problem is you. I bet that uh, when he asks you something, you say, no, you have hands, you have feet. Why you don't stand up and grab your own water, grab your own coffee? Remember what I said? You need to serve the men. So that is why we born the women, that we need to serve men. Ah. So then I replied here, you are not fair. Because my dad um, always treat you like a queen. Yeah. Even with your situation. He was cooking for us. He was helping me with everything at home. He loves you. He so or I didn't know my dad cheated on you. And she said, No, your dad is different. Okay. Yeah. It is different. Maybe in the future I can find a man that will love me. Yeah. And she said, No, Anita, please don't do that. You will become the shame of our family. Oh. So I I, I didn't tell my, my, my problem to cure anymore. So at uh, Emerson was one, one year and two, two months old when I left. I separated the first time because we separated many times. I separated the first time I started struggling. Well, with Emerson, we passed a very hard situation. I was blind. If I was not blind, I could see more opportunities when I was a child, but I grew up. I learned that I grew up because I am feeling tired. I didn't see more opportunities. I was very, it was very hard. So uh, one day I called his dad, uh, Emerson's dad. I asked him to give me child support. He said no. Mm. I don't want to pay you child support. It was your de decision that you left. So why you left? So you were okay with me, with my family. If you don't, if you you are not able to take care of my son, just live with me, and you can start your life. But I am a mom, so I suffered with Emerson. So I said no. Then after we went back with him again. So because he convinced me, but the problem get worse. Then after two months, I separated to him, definitely. It took tremendous courage, but she finally left him for good. So I started renting a house where I am now. And now it's my own house. I bought it two years ago. Wow. I'm so blessed. Then I was, I started praying, God, give me an opportunity. God, give me an opportunity. My three brothers and my mom kicked me out from their family. Oh, they said, away. We don't want to see you here anymore. You are the shame of our family. It happens uh, eight years ago. So I said, okay. Of course, I didn't understand the plan of God or destiny about me. In Anita's story, you can hear how she begins to wake up more and more. She's finding the strength not to listen to her family. She's finding the strength not to go back to this relationship. She's finding her own way, and she keeps praying to God to please, please help her. She's trying to find that inner strength, that inner light. We'll hear more. I started working as a Spanish teacher. Being a Spanish teacher, we were in a low season. We don't have like a, a specific, uh, how to say, a payment. We don't have a, like a formal job. So we are dependent of students. If we have a student, then we have an income. Then if not, so. But my expenses were more because Emerson needs diapers, needs milk, needs shoes, needs everything. And I need to pay rent. I need to pay electricity. So one day I was without work, without nothing. For three weeks, we were in the low season. I was here in the, in where is my kitchen now? A big uh, uh, open uh, window. I was, I started fighting with God. <laughs> and then I said, God, where are you? Do you really exist? 
If you exist where you are, why do you allow me to pass through all of this mm -hmm. when I will have my own peace? Mm -hmm. Do you really have power? If so, where is your power? It's so hard for you to give me just an opportunity when everything, all of this that I've been struggling with end, I really need money. Emerson needs milk and I need to pay my rent this week and I don't have any, any work. Could you please make a miracle? Please, please. I started praying, but it was not, not praying in a kind way. I was praying like, uh, with an angry way. Yeah. So. And even though she listened to her inner self, it's not easy. She is still struggling. And this is what I want you all to know about her story. It's not like she left her husband and then everything was uphill and her life was great after that. She still had a lot of struggles. And even once she realized her dream of becoming a translator, things still didn't get better right away. It's a miracle. I got a call from that Spanish school. And they said, you have a Spanish uh, uh, student. So, but it won't be here. It will be in San Marcos. I said, okay. And when we go to San Marcos, or oh, they were paying us that, that time 10 quetzales per hour. Oh, but gosh. I need to pay five quetzal, quetzales for my transportation. I need to pay yeah. my own transportation, my own food. Okay, I said, any little amount of money will be okay now. I went, but I never know that my big blessing were there. So even this opportunity that feels at first like a miracle, it's not easy. I think it took us an hour to get to San Marcos from San Pedro. She has to travel across the lake, which means she has to take a water taxi, which means she can only leave when there's one available and other people want to take the same taxi. So even though she felt like it was a miracle at first, she's running into all these hardships. She's barely making enough money to make it worth it. But here's the key. She did it anyway. She was grateful for the work she had, and she looked for opportunity where there appeared to be none. So I went and uh, I started with uh, this uh, couple. They are from Canada. They are a couple of doctors. So they were very funny. They were making jokes all the time and they didn't want to learn the grammar. They said, we, we're, we, we're very old of, uh, to learn grammar. We just want to go and learn Spanish in our own way. I said, okay, so, but I need to follow. And one of my other uh, um, co-worker hear me speaking more in English than in Spanish. Oh. But it was not my fault because they didn't understand me. I need to explain to them in English. So that co-worker came and told to my employer oh, that I no. was speaking more in, Span in English than in Spanish. So Wednesday, uh, Thursday, he called me and said, so you don't go to San Marcos again because uh, you're speaking, you're practicing your English. Not, oh, no. You are not uh, teaching Spanish. I said, but this couple, they did, they don't want to learn about grammar. So I was just uh, explaining to them when I talked with them in English. And they said, no, I will send another teacher. Oh, no. I was very angry. I came again. So I was very sad. So... Then the other teacher went to San Marcos and they said, where is Anita? We want Anita. So our teacher was Anita. And they said, no, because she was not teaching you English. But I don't understand you nothing. I want Anita. So at the night on Wednesday, he called me again, my employer. I could say with my self-esteem, I could say no. And sometimes your ego may tell you that you're better than this. You don't have to do this work. But keep in mind that gratitude goes a long way. So even though she wanted to say, you can take that job and shove it. Instead, she swallowed her pride and she said, okay, 
I'm going to go back. I'm going to take this job. And boy, was she glad she did. Listen to what happens next. But I was in need. <laughs> I need somebody. I said, okay. So I went back again. I tell, I told him what is happening. And he said, no, I decided to stay with you. So we started talking on Friday. He said, Anita, I would like to have you like my Spanish teacher. So, but you won't be my Spanish teacher. You will be my interpreter. So I, we're going in our mission this week. They were a group of uh, people. They were missionaries. So we want, we were going to, to deliver a medication, see schools. And uh -huh. he, he started telling me what, what they're going to do. And then I said, okay, so, but don't make the deal with my employer. Yeah. So I will, I am going to ask him. I asked if I had another student for the next week. If he say yes, then you can say that you want me for another week. But if he say no, then you can pay me. You can pay to me. <laughs> and he said, okay, yes, I like you. I like that idea. So I call and he said, no, you don't have another student. So you're not, uh, you don't, you are not uh, happy that I gave you a student this week. Even you were not a good teacher. So no, I don't want to give you another student I, until I don't know. I said, okay, thank you very much. Then I told him, yes, I have an opportunity to be with you. <laughs> so I went with this group of medical. I started being their interpreter. I started uh, working with them uh, and my sister was taking care of my child. So that week when after we finished, we finalized our uh, work with that medical team, they gave me, they pay me 1,000 quetzales. Wow. They gave me in a small, uh, uh, um, in a small uh, envelope. I was very curious to see how much they gave me. I grabbed a tuk-tuk. When I opened, it was, there was 1,000 quetzales. That's amazing. I was like, wow, I am millionaire. 1,000 quetzales. She felt like she was finally on the right track. She went home and there she tells the story of a little pizza place on the way to church that she and her son would pass every week. And he would always beg for a slice of pizza, but she didn't want him to know that she didn't have enough money. So she would always say, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow I'll get it. Listen to her story. I was so sad to say no. But I couldn't afford for that. Yeah. I didn't have any penny in my pockets. Yeah. And I had to lie to my son. I was saying, eh, yes, oh, oops, I forget my money at home. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh. I always reply that. Yeah. And Emerson was very intelligent. And he said, he asked me one day, mom, when is tomorrow's, when, when, when is that day tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> I would like that it comes soon so you can buy my pizza. Oh, I said, soon, soon it will come. Yeah. And that day when they pay me 1,000 quetzales, I came home and I said, Emerson, Emerson, mom, he said, today is tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to buy me a piece of pizza? I said, yes. And I oh. hugged him and we went to that small store. I didn't buy for him a piece of pizza. I bought a big pizza for him and that, wow mom you have money you Aww. have a lot of money. my medical team left the clinic where we were staying they gave me a formal job so I went with them I started working with them as an interpreter happened the same so when they had groups they called me when they don't have so I didn't have a, yeah. a, a money or income right so but also they were very unfair because they were pay, charging for the US dollars, I think, uh, for each interpreter, but they were paying us only $10. So even though at this point, Anita is doing her dream job of being a translator, things still aren't great. She's kind of getting um, 
screwed over by the people who hired her. So the original couple that she'd met, they left, and she was hired by this organization that um, organized medical people to come over and provide care in clinics. So she was their interpreter, but for every $40 they charged, they would only give her $10. So she was thinking, I can't keep doing this. What am I going to do? There are no other options. And then you'll have to stay tuned to see what happens next. You do not want to miss it. So I'll post the take-home points, and then I'll post her second episode in the next couple of days. Make sure you subscribe so you can hear the next one. Don't forget to check out tomorrow's episode, but here are the take-home points from today. Number one, our hardships shape us and mold us into the people we're meant to become. Number two, if you want something bad enough, like Anita wanting a pair of shoes, get creative, brainstorm, trade your skills like Anita traded her math skills to get to wear her classmate's shoes. Number three, life may put evil villains in your life, but they're often hurting themselves. Life will also give you kind souls to help you along your journey, like Anita's sweet father. Number four, don't let anyone or anything stop you from reaching your goals. Break the rules. Break the status quo. Don't let people around you or society put barriers around you. Number five, use your curiosity to fuel your next endeavor. Anita was curious about why gringos or white people could only eat fruits and vegetables. This gave her the idea to sell bananas. Number six, keep your dreams. Anita wanted to be a tour guide and translator from the time she was seven years old. She held on to that dream despite her mother telling her she couldn't. Number seven, know when to give up on one dream to pursue another one or save the original dream for later. Anita realized after a year of working in the city that it wasn't worth it financially. She could save more money living at home and making less money. Number eight, if we don't receive love as a child, we'll look for it in the wrong places. Number nine, even if you make bad choices, like in men, there's still hope. You can always pivot, even if it takes 10 years or more, even if there are people around you who don't support you. Number 11, even if you don't understand the grand plan, take one small step forward. Keep the faith. Keep looking for your inner strength, your inner light. And lastly, don't be afraid to break the rules. Go to the website if you want to see pictures of Anita and her cooking school and the delicious meal we cooked. It's hopethepa.com and click on today's episode. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear, come on over to HopeThePA.com or follow me on Instagram at HopeThePA.com.